Good morning, wherever you are in the world, and welcome back to, I believe this is episode number six of the Reconnect With Your Teenager podcast with me, your host, postess, Emma G. If you are still new to who I am, my story, and why you might be wanting to watch this, um, I am a New Zealand-born singer-songwriter expanded to youth empowerment through songwriting worker here in Washington, D.C., where I utilize songwriting and music to help young people recognize the power of their voice, step into their power, overcome their overwhelm, anxiety, and stress, and then, of course, you know, become healthier, happier humans. But I am not in the struggle of helping young people alone. No, 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 my friends. There are a number of wonderful, unconventionally approaching youth workers, therapists, counselors, mentors, and coaches from around the world that I get to talk to on this Reconnected Teenager podcast. And today I'm thrilled to be joined all the way from Israel. It is one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you are the you know, the epitome of superhero in my eyes. Uh, Margie Haddad, how are you today? <laughs> how am I this morning? I'm very well, thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> how are <ma'am>. you today? <laughs> well, this evening, I am doing well. It's funny, I was, um, so my, my, my father was from Fiji and I was talking to my niece last night at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time and it was the afternoon for her. And I was like, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed. She's like, what are you talking about? It's only five o'clock. And trying to explain to an eight-year-old what time zone changes mean was quite amusing for everybody involved. So I'm, I'm super pumped to hear your story because your approach to youth empowerment work is very different. First of all, you work with a range of ages from toddlerhood all the way through to teenagers. How does that even make sense? Like, I mean, that's such a wide age age range. But furthermore, your background is actually in public relations. And as I understand it, you're taking your knowledge and schema from the PR world and really helping parents to, you know, focus on their children and, I don't know, offspring (laughs) in a way that's quite different to, I think, what normal people normal people do. So tell me more about that. What, like, how did this all happen? How did you become doing what you do? Who am I? Who I am? Who am I anyway? Am I my resume? Yes, we're here for the <laughs> music. How to start off this. with music, right? How <laughs> to start off with the Broadway show. That's from a chorus line, by the way, one of my favorite shows. Fantastic. So, yes, Emma. I've been in public relations, and I can't believe I'm dating myself, but for 30 years. And 20, not long at all. Not long at all. No, just you know, just a couple of minutes. And nearly 26 of them now, I have been PR parenting. And the truth of the matter is, is that I didn't know I was doing it while I was doing it until very recently when I started writing the book. The power of PR parenting. It was really, it was a crazy realization because I had had a conversation with my older daughter. I have three children, a son and two daughters. So the older one was telling me that, and this came as a surprise too. She said, mom, you made mistakes, 
but overall, I think you got it right. I think you should write a book to help mm. today's parents have an easier time at parenting based on your expertise and experience. And I thought, okay, well, first of all, thank you for telling me I did something right. <laughs> and then when I looked back thinking, what did I do right? I understood that I had applied my professional skills Mm. to parenting and it had worked out and I knew it worked out because one my kids like everybody else's are great you know I'm a mom so of course I'm a little biased but the truth of the matter is is when I watch them problem solve when I watch them approach different life challenges they're using the public relations skills to do it and that to me was absolutely incredible when I identified it so I hope that the same strategies that worked for me that I had done naturally, because again, I didn't realize I was doing it while I was doing it, can help today's parent navigate some of the challenges, but also come up with fresh and exciting ways to inspire confidence. Mm. And one of those ways was incorporating music into just about everything that we had done. And that's why we're having this conversation today, because you and I have this as a common denominator, yeah. inspiring teenagers and frankly, little kids. Yeah. We used to have dance parties all the time. I introduced my kids to every kind of music that I loved. And we would come home from the nursery school and the kindergarten, heck, even before they went to the nursery school, I would have them in my arms and we would dance around the living room. I love that. I love that. And it was and it was really fun. So this is this is really fascinating for me because, you know, as a musician, I've I've been a musician for almost as long as you've been doing PR work. And I think from a from a, a, a musical standpoint, often most musicians and singer-songwriters, et cetera, bands look at PR as this crazy kind of world <laughs> that is so scary. Um and yet here you are incorporating music and PR into parenting, which is another world that I think most people look at and think, oh, can't do that, you know. Um, so, I, and, then, and then, of course, that led to you writing this new book of yours, which I think another most non-creative people or people who are, you know, who ascribe to the focus on one thing at a time, kind of they think a book is way too much. Um, I, how did that, how did that all come to, come to a head? Because, you know, obviously the saying is, uh, well, the, 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 the understanding I think is that you don't necessarily really know how to learn something. You, you haven't really learned something until you can teach it and you've taken it one step further to write about it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious how that whole process kind of culminated in the book side of things. That's a, absolutely, to, yeah, it's a fabulous yeah. question. And I, I can actually answer that very specifically. Okay, so we decided we were going to write a book and we were going to help parents today have an easier time at it using public relations strategies. But instead of just starting to tell stories and be kind of dry about the whole thing, I talked to a couple of, actually more than a couple of moms of varying age children. And I said, what do you want to know? 
let me answer your questions in this book. And we talked, and that's how we came up with the 10 chapters. And it's ultimately stories, personal stories, professional stories of what I did and how I did it. And then there's an exercise in each chapter so that the reader can apply these lessons to their own circumstances because we all come from different areas. It's not cookie cutter. It's not one size fits all in terms of the answers. Mm -hmm. But what are universal are the questions. So we walk you through the process so that when you finish the chapter, you have an action plan. And I'll tell you a little secret. There is a free workbook that comes with the book. So at the end of each chapter, there's a QR code. Tap into that QR code, go to the workbook. That's my gift to you because I didn't want you to just read it. I wanted you to do it if you mm. feel like it. And you deep dive a little bit more into each of the exercises, which are expanded. And then you can print it off if you wish. And you have something tangible in your hand to practice with. I really wanted to pay it forward and to give something practical to today's parents and get them thinking through a PR lens how to approach all sorts of different things, whether it's getting your child to give up their pacifier without major drama or inspiring your child to try something new because you saw that they have some sort of a talent for it or performance skills or presentation skills. That's the fun mm -hmm. stuff. And then the other thing that we go into are some of the more serious things like prejudice and how to deal with bullying and the violence that's mm. going on today. Of course. So we cover and, and health crises. So we cover pr a pretty wide range of issues. And Emma, this is the easiest read you're ever going to have because this book is written conversationally. You know, we were talking about having our teas with us right now, mm -hmm. and we're going to have a chat for the next couple of minutes, right? Yeah. That's what this book reads like. It's awesome. you and me, and we're having a chat, and I'm telling you what I know. My hindsight is 2020. You know that saying, if I knew then what I know now? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm documenting it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you say the hindsight is 2020. I feel like the year 2020 has changed everybody. So that saying just kind of hits different <laughs> these days. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm also like, I, I mean, I love that you go from, you know, the, the pacifier stage all the way through to prejudice and bullying. I think that's so beautiful because I think a lot of books tend to kind of be very niche, like, you know, teen years or but you know, the toddler years or, and you've gone all the way through really ascribing your expertise as a PR um, person, PR agent, um, into, the, into the whole parenting methodologies. Can you break down for those who are watching or watching to the replay or listening on Apple, iTunes or whatever, um, what, like, what is PR and how does that even relate to parenting? I like, that's that they seem like chalk and cheese to I think a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> chalk and cheese that's great <laughs> I would say ultimately it's communication skills 
And in public relations, a lot of what we do is we prepare our clients for some sort of interview or presentation or event. Mm -hmm. And the more we know about what's going on, the better we can prepare our clients and the better the net result will be. Of course. So those are the kind of skills I would encourage to bring home. So mm -hmm. if we prepare our clients, why wouldn't we prepare our kids, whether it's for school, an extracurricular activity, for a party, or a nightclub when they get mm -hmm. older, or a trip with or without you. I mean, the list is endless. But if you run through all of those preparation questions, mm -hmm. then you have a plan for the expected and for the unexpected. Now, when you say, what is the unexpected? Well, you can guess what could happen. And if you didn't guess right, at least there's a plan in place so that your child has a starting point of kind of what to do. Mm. So that's how PR on the big picture is applied. And we drill down into all sorts of different things in the book along the way. Now, you mentioned toddler to teen. The earliest story is of me dropping my six-month-old baby off to the nursery and oh, how wow. I dealt with the separation anxiety. Of course. I used I used the technique that I used at the office for client interviews. Oh, okay. You'll have to read the book to find ah, out. <laughs> And it takes you all the way up to my children getting into higher education and Excellent. everything in between. So the stories are actually out of they're They're not in chronological order. Okay. They're told according to the relevance of that particular chapter. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, I mean, because, I mean, my my happy place is working with, I, mean, I love kids of all ages, obviously. Um, I mean, not obviously, not everybody does, but my happy place really is working with teenagers. And I feel as if there's a lot of, especially after the last few years, there's been a lot of um, disconnect with how we're, we're really um, showing up for our young people, especially with the advent of technology, social media, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm curious because you have made mention about the prejudices that you cover in the book right. uh, and bullying and whatnot. And you're based in Israel, which is a very different country to where my father was from, Fiji, which is a very different country from America where we live and, you know, so forth. How much do you touch on the cross-culturalism between the States, Israel, or any other country um, that a reader might access your book or want to want to work with you to learn more about how to apply PR techniques and skills to their parenting journey. We are a multicultural, dual citizen family, American and Israeli, and I'm from the United States. Mm -hmm. 
and my husband's family is from Morocco and from Tunis. Oh so wow! We've got a, so we've got lots of multicultural themes going on in this house. I love and that. One of the ways that we approached being part of the solution rather than the problem of prejudice was to introduce our children to all different types of people from different backgrounds, from different countries, from different cultures, from different religions. I so love that. The, the exposure for them helped them to understand that it's wonderful to be part of the community that they come from, to have pride and to hold self-esteem, but there's also another way of doing things. And we need to be respectful and understand that they're not better or worse, they're just different. And everybody brings something special to the table and that's what makes the stew the best that it can be. And my children until this day can walk into any type of crowd and feel comfortable. And if they see somebody different, they don't identify them as different. They just identify them as another human being and they want to learn about them. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that 1,010%. I'm, I'm such a big advocate for, you know, both both allowing young people specifically, although a lot of older people could probably do with the same sort of <laughs> adversity, but, you know, exposing, exposing young people to different situations and adverse situations so that they can flex those muscles and work those muscles when it comes to learning about themselves and learning about how they can show up and and celebrate one another and celebrate the uniqueness and diversity. I've always said that diversity is a superpower. I love that. So I want to go back a little bit. Let's go back 30 years, say, because we're coming up for your... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go time warping again. So you were started your career in PR working for the Israeli consulate in Boston, yes. Massachusetts. Um, I've been to Boston twice now. That place is very cold. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> very different to Israel, I'm sure, in terms not of not necessarily. Oh, really? Not necessarily. I live in. Okay. I, I live. I live outside of Jerusalem. Okay, so it gets and cold. it gets really cold. I mean, yeah. we have snow here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have the the fishing rods on the on the uh, what are they called? The water ex extinguishers on the side of the road. The first time, my first time in Boston, and they looked like fishing rods that were on this on the water um, extinguishers on the side of the road. I was like, "What is going on here?" And um, I was told that if a fire broke out, they needed to know where the where the water mains were so that they could access them, so that they would put the Emma. They, that's they, somebody else's department. I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, sure. Okay. Fine. Well, <laughs> my, my my question though is okay. So you started, you started. I started my public. I started my public relations career as the media liaison at the Israeli consulate. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that trans transformed you into moving into Israel. Moving to Israel, and now you're you know doing all kinds of PR stuff for your own business. With regards to, I mean, how was that adjustment for your? Your, your children weren't born yet at that point, were they? No, ma'am. No. Okay. My children were born in Israel. Okay. But, and I was able to pass my citizenship forward to them. Fantastic. So they're all American citizens. Mm -hmm. And they grew up half in America and half in Israel. 
Right. Plus they've traveled to other countries throughout the world as well. My, my daughter is actually in medical school right now and she's studying in a country in Europe. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So that really is like, you're really walking the walk, not just talking the talk, giving your children as much adverse and diverse um, experiences as possible. How has that played into your, like your own work life balance? When I'm at work or any, look, I'm always at work. <laughs> when are we not at work? Hashtag I mean, seriously, <laughs> you know, look, in public relations, you do your best to be available to your clients whenever they need you. Mm -hmm. Now, I might be at work and I might get a call from my child. Mm. So I always try to be available to my child as well mm -hmm. whenever they need me. And that's mm -hmm. how I've been able to create the work family balance. Mm -hmm. Just prioritizing according to the moment. And if somebody really needs you to make sure that you're available for them and more times than not, you're able to do that. Mm, I love that. On occasion, you might have to ask somebody to pause and just wait a moment, even if it's inconvenient. But even just a couple of weeks ago, I was in the middle of an interview with a client and a journalist. And I saw that I got a call from one of my children and I understood from who it was that I had better pick up. So I excused myself, walked out of the room. They could live without me for 30 seconds. They were doing just fine. The client was telling a beautiful story. The journalist was loving it. Everything was fine. So I went and I prioritized my child, listened to what was going on for about five minutes or more because it was necessary. There was a true crisis involved mm -hmm. and put the fire out, and then I went back to the interview. So that was a total balance. The key is to keeping your calm and not freaking out. Mm. Just roll with it, prioritize, deal with the issue at hand. And if you're with the kids, and depending on the age, you know, and things are crazy at home, and your client calls, then we're all pretty good at tuning out the noise when we have to. Mm. And just focus on your client and find out what the urgency is and help your client with what they need at that particular moment and defer what can be deferred. Again, it's management. It's mm. activity management, but calmly. If mm. you take time to freak out, then you're not solving anybody's problem. You're mm. just creating more. So with calm and focus, do your thing. I love that. I love that. So let's, is that the kind of stuff that you cover in the upcoming program that you are launching, I believe in April? Yes, in the program that begins in, on May 24th, it's going to be every Wednesday for five weeks for two hours each week. Mm -hmm. And the, it's called the PR Parenting Program, and there are all sorts of different benefits. But at the core of it, we're going to deep dive into each of the strategies that are taught within the book. And we're going to workshop specific questions from the parents and go through the workbook together so that you don't have to do it alone. If you want to do it alone, you can. But if you want support and you would like me to be a part of your world for that amount of time, then I would be glad to coach you and help you through the good, the bad, and everything in between. 
and help you work things out so that you have a real action plan in your hand. I'm there for you. The bottom line is I'm trying to be available and not just with the book and the workbook, but personally available as well so that we can have a conversation and do it together. Awesome. Awesome. And you've got a scholarship available that you're drawing yes. on March 12th, which is National Working Moms Day. Where, that is correct. Day. I, is right, that National Mother's to... Day, Working Mother's Day in Israel or here in the States? It's in the States. Okay. I wanted to, I wanted to honor National Working Moms Day and give a present to one of the wonderful moms out there. So whoever applies and we're, it's the enrollment's limited to 10 people, maximum mm -hmm. 15. Okay. So whoever applies early will be part of this drawing. And that person, whoever wins, wins a full scholarship to the program. Amazing. Super, super exciting. And I, I and love there's all sorts of benefits. If you go to the website page, you can see all the things that are included. I'm just giving you big picture stuff. But if you look into all the details, it's really, really fun. <laughs> awesome. And that's available on your website. If you go to the PR for life, uh, PR for dot life and uh, click on the program. So do you have to like what read the book before? Because the book's not out yet. When does the book come the out? Book, okay. So the book will launch officially on april 4th oh fantastic and there's kindle and there's paperback and there's hardcover and well yes reading the book is the prerequisite for participating in the program because we're going to be teaching the book but the timing okay. of when you read the book is obviously up to you so you can read the book in advance or you can read it during the program whatever you prefer Okay. Okay. This, you know, this is a, this is about helping, not creating more work for you. So you do it whenever you want, but I can tell you that my kids read the book in, in a, in an afternoon. So it's a really quick, really quick read because it's fun and it's conversational. And I do believe you might even get a little, I'm That's a little awesome. sarcastic and that comes out in, in my writing <laughs> the book as well. I am fluent in sarcasm. I think it's a New Zealand trait. Uh, so. <laughs> you know, one of the central one of the central themes, Emma, is to keep your sense of humor. You have and we're to. gonna keep our sense of humor through the program and through the book and through the workbook, and then we can get through anything. I, I love it. I love it. So with this program, are you um you know, again, you because you're starting the book, you cover everything from you know, infancy to teenagehood. Is like is this program going to be recorded to people like how how does the how will you be facilitating the program so that people can really make sure that it serves them throughout their life and parenting so, journey <laughs> so whoever joins the program this five week program mm -hmm. okay it's going to be it's going to be recorded on zoom and okay. it will i will be sharing the zoom playbacks for whoever is part of the program and they'll have access to that for a matter of months as well as access to a private PR parenting community and all the coaching and specific drill downs and some other really cool gifts and community support and it's going to be a really really fun enriching experience where you're going to come away with a whole new way of thinking of things not just from the book but also from the direct communication with me and from the other people in the group. I love that. I love that. 
One of my favorite sayings, just kind of like segue a little bit, um, is is the uh, what is it? I think it's from a Malcolm Gladwell book um, on, on like just, just discussing what your why is and, you know, making sure that you lead with your why at all times. And one of the things that um, I, you and I have talked about outside of this specific conversation here is that, you know, one of your philosophies is really around if you can help, you should help. Right. Who was helping you as you were navigating this you know, your PR work, parenting work, or was it just something that kind of organically grew from your 30 years experience in the PR world? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to yes. that. <laughs> okay. Look, it's a short answer because I didn't realize I was doing it while I was doing it. When my children would have some sort of medical issue, I drew from my crisis management experience in order to deal with it. When my children were prepping for a school play or for their bar mitzvahs, and frankly speaking, with the bar mitzvah and the bat mitzvah, and anybody can do this with any of their religious activities. It's not limited to Jewish religion, it's any religion. Mm -hmm. There's always some version of a speech, some version of a party. So the speech that's writing and grammar and presentation and with the practice we learn that there's no such thing as the first perfect first draft we know that in public relations right. we get a first draft and then 75 people have to look at it until it gets approved right. so how is that anything different with a with a speech that your child has to give at a religious event or at school or wherever mm -hmm. you know maybe they're giving the keynote speech at their graduation first yeah. draft guess what? No such thing as the perfect first draft. And the earlier you learn that, the easier it is for somebody to come in and edit you. Because you're just waiting to find out not what's wrong, but what can make it better. That's the perspective. Okay? I, I, I love that. Like you've just, you know, it's, I, I feel as if you're, you're, how do I put this? I feel as if there's a lot of emotion that goes behind parenting, obviously behind every relationship building right. relationship and whatever right. there's a lot of emotion that goes into it and i feel as if your approach is really taking the your foot off the gas pedal of emotion and really just cognitively reframing a whole bunch of tricky spots or sticky spots that people tend to find themselves in and just allowing people permission to a make mistakes b learn from them and recognize and c recognize that they're growth points as opposed to just you know pain points I, I love that entire narrative that you're speaking on and i'm so excited for your book which is already number one in three different categories is that yes. right yes yes it's been it has been number one it fluctuates but yes of it's course. been since since it, it went on pre-order a week ago, less than a week ago, and it's been number one multiple times in child discipline, family activities, and family health. And all of these subjects are actually covered in the book. You know, what's interesting, Emma, is that lots of, lots of different people have read it until now. Mm -hmm. And everyone has taken something different from it. You know, originally, to be honest with you, this was a, a love letter from me to today's mom, okay? But then 
some dads read it and said, well, we want to get in on it because this speaks to us. And then some grandparents read it, you know, grandparent age people. And they said, well, this is a great way. We never really thought of that. So we want to get on it. And then teachers who had been in the business for decades said, wow, this is a completely new approach. I never really thought about doing it this way instead of that way. Go figure. So it's really speaking to anybody who comes into contact with children, whether they are their own or whether it's some other peripheral relationship, because ultimately we are all having an impact Mm. on the kids. Mm. Okay. A kind word versus a nasty word. It makes a difference because they hold on to it. Just like we held on to what our parents and our teachers and our guidance counselors said to us, Mm -hmm. it's no different today. Mm -hmm. So we all need to give an extra thought to what we are sharing with the kids and how we're sharing it. And we have an enormous amount of power and we need to use it wisely. Amen. With with great power comes great responsibility. I feel you. And even with the music. Yeah. Yeah. And even with the music. I mean, like I was telling you earlier, I was chilling out one of my CEOs today before they were about to practice a presentation and one of the things we do is we play whatever the choice music is of the ceo and his choice was james brown and this rock out (laughs) made all it always makes all the difference for the ceo they go from monotone to animated and fun and interesting and storytelling rather than just sounding like a robot and it's the same thing with the kids (laughs) you know if they had a test at school we would definitely put on music in the car and jam out before they went into the test so they were in a good mood before they took took their test or if they had a presentation and my kids were also the entertainment at their bar mitzvah and bat mitzvahs my daughter sang she gave a concert my son did a hip-hop performance and breakdance and my my youngest daughter also did hip-hop so music has been a central theme and component of just about everything we do in this house and my son actually writes songs he taught himself how to play the guitar so parents out there something very important you don't always have to pay money for an instructor i mean it's nice if you can but it's not a prerequisite my my son learned how to play the guitar on YouTube. Of course, that, that, I've been saying that for, I don't even know how long people have been asking me to teach their children to play guitar. I'm like, I'm not the girl's greatest guitarist. I'm a, I'm a songwriter. That's why I do youth empowerment through songwriting. But if you want to learn a guitar, YouTube is such a great resource. It's, it's beautiful. And, you know, to your, to your um, story about the CEO, you know, obviously James Brown, there, there's nothing that compares. Um, but, <laughs> yes. But, you know, music does such a, such a beautiful thing to, you know, to our, on a chemical level, to our brains, to our mental health, to our emotional stability, um, especially when I, and I'm being biased here, I realize, but when you can <laughs> not just turn to someone else's music, but also turn to your own music and be like, yes, this is how I'm feeling. This is, watch out world, here we are, you know, that, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. So I'm, I'm curious, does this mean that you are going to do an audio audio book and have, you know, your own theme song as part of the uh, the audiobook version of your book? Let's take <laughs> this. Let's let's take this in two parts. Yes, okay. the audio book. Okay. I'm told I'm supposed to do that in the summer. 
Okay, cool. Something like that a few months after the book comes out. Listen, to be frank with you, this is my first rodeo. So I'm learning from my publishers, Muse Literary, which is run by Sarah Connell and Patricia Fors, two amazing, amazing women. And whatever they tell me to do, I do. <laughs> so yes, audiobook is in the future. And I love the concept of incorporating a music component. So I'm going to bring that up. Thank you for that idea. I'm here to help. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. I'm all, you know, I'm all about, you know, helping people through music. I love that. Let's collaborate, Emma. Maybe, maybe you'll help me write something. We'd do something special. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Thank you so much for your time, Marjorie. I really appreciate you staying awake for me. I know it's super late over there in Israel, one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock now. Oh, you're an angel in human form. Um, thank you for sharing your light, sharing your magic, sharing your message. For everybody who is watching, please check out Margie Haddad. Her website here is, well, actually, first of all, her Instagram is Margie Haddad, obviously, M-A-R-J-A-J-I-E-H-A-D-A-D on Instagram. Her website where you can pre-order the book is pr4.life. That is also where you can register and find out more about the program that will be giving out a free scholarship, a full scholarship um, on National Working Moms Day. Um, so I'm really excited for everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share before we take our leave? I would like to wish you a congratulations on your engagement. I am thrilled for you and wishing you every happiness and lots and lots of years together of good health. And if you become a parent someday, let's keep in touch. And I want to hear how it's going. Well, I need to get a copy of this book anyways, because of my, my, my history as a youth worker. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to, you know, love is a good thing. I love love. Love <laughs> is in the air. Oh, don't get me going. I could sing for hours. It's my favorite thing to do, whether people like to listen to me or not. This is how we do it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who's been watching. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much to Jar Logic from the Iran Network, who is helping me to produce this. Uh, you guys are amazing. Stay awesome. Keep smiling, spread love like it's going out of fashion. Don't forget to, you know, brush your teeth on a daily basis. And we'll see you next week here <laughs> at the Reconnect Your Teenager podcast with me, Emma G, and our next guest. But thank you so much to Margie Haddad. Happy days. Pleasure. I'm feeling straight I've overthought my mistakes I turn one into one So hard to stay sober I'm damaged and I'm love stoned So hard to remain in control You're writing what I thought I'd know And I'm drinking it in But the lesson they know over I can almost pinpoint where we went wrong I'm not about the sad songs The foundation said I'm good to go
Living through the love with 